is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. And uh, we've got somebody subbing in today, Alex Ferrario, uh, our blues expert from 101 ESPN, our sister station. Uh, we've got Jamie Rivers a uh, little bit under the weather, and, and we wanted to talk some hockey, frankly. Yeah, so we had to make a call to the bullpen. Yeah. And, Different uh, sport, but it's it all right. Def- oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you're going to replace a former NHL player, right, you're going to pull in a an NHL broadcaster, correct? Right, right. And Kerber wasn't available, so no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm, you know what? I expected so that from kidding, both of dude. you, and I'm, I'm a okay with whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa! You don't expect that from me, Alex. You expect <laughs> that from him. Yeah, I'm a nice up. one, man. Donnie expects you to, to laugh at the good humors. What is Alex Ferrario from 101 ESPN? Thank you so much for joining us, uh, man. fellas. This is uh, I love getting to be a part of this podcast with both of you. You guys do a, fun, a phenomenal job. So uh, let's talk some hockey. Yeah. So last night, uh, the Dallas Stars they they punched their ticket. Into the uh, to the NHL Finals. I hate to say this, and I hate to admit this as a hockey fan, but since the Blues lost, I I have not been paying. I have not really? been paying really? attention. Uh, yeah, Don, uh, you're Donnie uh, Patrico said the same thing on the show today that he has trouble tuning in. He's not. He's not like replacing it with with baseball or basketball or whatever. Is that what you're doing? Have you replaced? Yeah, it with I'm baseball? watching way more baseball, and then now I've got the football bug back. But also, two man more than anything else. Like I like Ben Bishop, but I hate the Dallas Stars. Like I I I, I do. don't like them at all. And you know I can root for Vegas because I love Reavers and I love Stastny, but like. I don't know, man. When I look at that coach, uh, DeBoer, mm-hmm. he just always looks like he just tasted something bad. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, like maybe, this is, maybe this is good for you because you're bl- blaming the coach, basically, I, I aren't you? pretty much have to. I mean, when you look at Pete DeBoer, and by the way, I know that. That's that like, you smell a fart look. You got That's it. what Pete DeBoer looks like on the bench. 7 <laughs> Yeah, it's like you smell the fart in the room and you're not sure who did that. That's Pete DeBoer. <laughs> look at the history, though. Like, when he was with the San Jose Sharks, I mean, he was the one that was complaining after games that the Blues were too physical and they weren't calling penalties. And even with the Vegas Golden Knights, now I don't know if he was complaining as much as he did with San Jose, but he just has that he just has that mantra to him that's just like you're not a rooting kind of guy. Whereas you have Rick Bonus and the Dallas Stars, he's the one that you want to root for. Well, and there's a lot of stories on that Stars team which I can completely understand as to as to why. Uh, well, it's, what's going on here? Look at you. What are you doing? Oh. What is going on around here? I'm uh, so do, confused. We're doing a podcast. We were told you were sick. You guys are some sum bitches. That's all I say. <laughs> Cheating on me. No, mother. we're not. I First of all, I was oh, thinking of you the whole time. Those shocked eyes, oh, Donnie. Stop you look that. like I just walked in. You had your pants down to your ankles, young man. Dude. Yeah. I Alex Ferrario, too. They always say it's the ones that are closest to you that'll do it's it true. to you. Right, we were true. having a good, pleasant hey. conversation, yeah. and all of a sudden, all this negativity is in here. I'm trying to figure out why. Rivs, so we you're... opened up with you, buddy. We yeah. talked about you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we thought you were under we were, the weather. We were yeah. told you that you were sick, so I literally said, if we can't have a former NHL player, we're bringing in a broadcaster. Well, hang on a second, though. Hang on. Oh, yeah, not one text. Hey, how are you feeling? You want to go to the text? I do. All right, let's go to the text. Let's go to the text. We're going to start fighting out. I'm just going to watch. I really don't have a horse in this race. right now. This is where we blow the kisses like Ryan Reeves. Let him go. Just let him go. This is amazing, too, when they both pull up their phones. I was told by your coworkers yesterday that you were not No, no, no. You're backtracking now. That's why. Yeah, absolutely, because I didn't have on here what I thought I had. Yeah, that's right. You have nothing. 
No, Liar. I do have something. I have your coworker Wait. saying that you were ill. No, no, Jeff and Donnie. Here we go. Let's backtrack this hey, to. Let me uh, ask you a question. Oh, geez, Friday. Yeah, no, uh-huh. yeah, Friday. Let's do, yeah, let's do Tuesday. I'm swamped today. Jeff Burton. Okay, Donnie Fandango. I'm cool, in. man. We will lock it in. Lock I go. It in. Boom. Locked in. Nothing. Cricket since. Okay. Where, where were you yesterday? Doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. If when we're going the to the past, we're going to when yesterday. When is the show today? You were exactly. just you just read text from in? Friday. Me. We just you just read texts from Friday, That's so right. we are uh, you wrote clearly to going to the past. Donnie, is there anything to change the fact that I wouldn't think that I'm supposed to be here on Tuesday? Okay, I gotta. I just I gotta throw a few things I'm gonna throw out here. All right. One, I'm really glad you're not sick. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, me too. Uh, uh, me too. Uh, two, honest to God, I'm sorry, but it's great to see you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, over the three, you have to go with a three yeah, if you well, want I don't, one. I don't two. even. I don't even really have a three. Make just one a great How about helping now? me out, saying we were told he was sick? No, well, no, we. Were, I mean, you called me yesterday. I was home yesterday. I was oh. doing the, the the teaching the kids thing. Jeff calls me, says, "Hey, I heard from so and so that Rivers is sick. Do you want to get Alex in to fill in for Jamie so that we could go ahead and do it?" I said, "Yes, let's knock it out." Did we reach out directly to you that you were sick? No, we no, did not. No, because you were sick. Not a care in the world. Not even a hey man. Heard you're sick. I, okay, man. I suck. I guess I don't know, man. I just I'm just happy to talk about hockey. It was great to see Alex. It's nice that you're here too. I, I, I don't really feelings. have any complaints in this. Is I have to see me, bro. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> you know, of the three what and now? the other three in the room. Okay. What now? What's I have wrong? feelings too. No, for a no. And you guys just proved to me, like, if I was the dead body, you're walking over me to, to get, get to, to the Alex. Next guy. Well, yeah, the show must go on. Yeah, but no, I don't, again, I don't, I, we're glad you're not sick. Guys, I don't I know about all three of you, but, now. but I feel great. I feel great. So. I feel like I should leave. You look fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I walked uh, in on something I wasn't supposed to, and I should leave. No, we were honestly, honestly at that particular <laughs> and, part. And call my attorney. <laughs> we, we, we were talking about uh, Pete DeBoer and his uh, complete and total, uh, the look on his face is like he smelled a bad fart all the time. Good. He deserves L- it. Like, like all of the time. <laughs> I cannot a- root for a guy. That looks like that. That's a terrible thing to say, but it's the truth. I can't. Look at the guy, first of all, okay? There's so many things about Pete DeBoer. First of all, Pete DeBoer is actually a really good guy, okay? He's the kind of guy that sit there and crush beers with you and tell good hockey stories. Great guy. Now, when you look at him behind the bench and as a coach, he's a puke. He is a puke. Like, you look at that and you're like, see? That's what I'm Especially saying. you date it back to last year specifically. Let's not dive any further. The San Jose series against the Golden Knights last year, where he was coaching the Sharks, and they get the benefit of that, I don't even know what, that make-up five-minute penalty, and they score four goals in Game 7 and win the series, which they had no business. And that was the first round, right? That was the first round. Second round, Q, hand-pass gate, Mm. where his team scored benefactors of an overtime goal because of a hand-pass, and then he goes on to... You know, not even talk about it and like it didn't exist and that the, his team handled it like, well, well, they counted the goal. So, oh, well. Right. We know we're not playing handball out here, I think Carlson said. So, something stupid. Kind of like hated that. that quote. And then now <laughs> yeah. he's sitting there complaining about the officiating. The guy who is the benefactor of horseshit officiating <laughs> is now complaining about horseshit officiating. <laughs> and, and you know what else, too? <laughs> and, and, and Craig Maruby has, has completely cemented this on my head for the remainder of my time as a sports fan. That even if you're correct in your bitching about the officials, you sound terrible every single time that you do it. So just don't do it. Even if it's wrong, even if it was crappy, just shut up and move on because it doesn't 
do anything. That was the worst thing that San Jose could have done last year. And I specifically remember sitting in that that press conference with Eric Carlson when he made that comment, and he laughed about it. Mm-hmm. Like he was making a joke about it. And this was after I was in the Blues locker room with everyone a stern face saying, we'll be fine, we're coming into the next game. That's how you build hatred towards yourself. Like That's how people <laughs> despise you, is when you try and play off a joke where you basically obviously benefited from a bullshit call on the ice. So that's Eric Carlson, and that's Pete DeBoer, and he went two rounds with it, and he's done that in his NHL career as a head coach, and that's why I think nobody really cares about what happens with Pete DeBoer. So what happens in Vegas now? I mean, they What stays in Vegas? Okay. Donnie, how are you doing today? Everything good with Donnie? Come on, Donnie. That was can perfect. We, can we edit that one in post? <laughs> did, we, did you just we, call him Tony? Or did you say no, Donnie? No, I said Donnie. Oh, I thought you said hey, Tony. That was that a Canadian was, Donnie. Set Donnie. That up perfectly for me. Uh, okay, so what happens in Vegas? Well, nothing. I mean, you get so close to the first handful of years that you're in existence and you yeah. just don't get there. Do they? I mean, I don't know where contracts are or anything like that. They've they got a keep... couple of expiring deals, but overall, the makeup of the team is going to be the same. Yeah. I mean, the biggest decision for them is would you keep Robin Lehner around yeah. as your number one or Mark Andre Fleury, which, by the way, I would have went back to the flower for game six. When too. they were, you know, on the on the brink there, game six, and then game seven, you have the uh, option at that point as the head coach to go with the guy who's won three Stanley Cups. If he's successful, if he had lost game six, then you go at Robin Lehner and say, you know what, this is the guy we had all play- playoffs. But Pete DeBoer, in his arrogant self, wouldn't make the ch- the change, and I think that cost him the series. Maybe I think Mark Andre Fleury would have pulled one out of his hat for them. Maybe it's because Alan Walsh put that picture out of Mark Andre Fleury with a sword in him, so you that can't go back, picture, right? I, I was, I was gonna, I was Jamie. I was gonna ask you about that. What what happens if your agent does that? Well, Wait, I mean, because, somebody tell the guy who doesn't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's Sorry. right. Jeff was still locked in the basement. So, at that so point. I don't, I don't know the. I wasn't locked. I chose to be there. So it Forgot was, it was word. Flurry's agent that tweeted out a picture with Flurry like making a save with like, with like a sword going through him as a way to say that the Golden Knights, I guess, were screwing him and oh. starting. Uh, Laner instead. Yeah, of wasn't Laner's name on the sword no, too? What, what it was was Flurry looked like he was keeling over, but it was a he. The pose was from him making a save. There was an enormous sword through his back, dude. Enormous with DeBoer <laughs> written on. Oh, so that's what it was. So he stabbed. He's stabbing, stabbing him in the back. In the back. Uh... And his uh, Flurry's agent posted that on social media. Wow. And just left it like that, like during the series. Like... Wow. Yeah. That's another thing Craig Berube would not tolerate. You know what I mean? You keep everything in in house. Right? What is, but how do you control? Well, that? I'm, uh, well, let's just say there would have been repercussions. Maybe I don't know. I it's guess not the player's can't... fault. Look, nah, I yeah, think Mark Andre right. Fleury did the best he could with that, said, hey, look, uh, I told him to take it down. <laughs> but in all honesty, if I have to be 100% honest, I think he was okay with it. I think yeah. the player, because had my agent posted that an hour later, I'd have been like, dude, listen, here's the deal. Take it down now or whoop, we're done. Because this is just cause to fire you and I won't pay you what I'm supposed to pay you because this is not representing me to the best of your ability. That would have been me. But to have that go for a full 24 hours in the circulation where they know you can't hide it anymore, I think Marc-Andre Fleury was okay with it. And then when he realized just the, like, the big deal that it was making, it was probably like, yeah, maybe we should take it down. Right, well, yeah, just, once it kind of caught fire kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, balls all the way around on that thing, man, are pretty impressive. Like, that, like that, that's crazy to me for somebody to be that bold about it outside of Scott Boris. Right. He's like the only one yeah. seemingly that, that, will, that will do that sort of thing. Well, he certainly got the point. You ever, <sighs> you ever, meet, <laughs> you ever meet Scott Boris? 
No. Never did? I haven't had the pleasure. I just wonder what kind of an arrogant beehole that guy is. But you is. know what? So that said, and then we get back to hockey, but that but but that said, like, that guy's a is brilliant at what he does. Like, I think he's terrible and says terrible well, he's just, things, he's too. Just, but he's like, just a cold businessman. A cold I mean, I think that yeah. that's, that's it as much as anything. Uh, back to the Blues. Uh, I am going to choose to not be concerned by the things that Petro is saying about this contract thing right now because I understand that there are negotiations that have to happen between both sides. But I will say that I am – Concerned. <laughs> um, Your slight I, pause there yeah, makes me even more concerned. I, I, I'm concerned, and, and also too, and I understand negotiations, but it feels like if there's a guy that you're not going to lowball right out of the gate, it's it's Petro right now, and it feels as though the Blues did that, and he's not thrilled about it. Can I mean? Can we recover here, boys? I mean, I'm I'm starting to be uh, uh, very concerned about him not coming back, and then this team is drastically freaking different if he's not here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going. Different. I'm I'm okay. So I am worried about it. Yeah. Okay, I am. Well, look, this is part of the process, and sometimes it doesn't get here. Listen, most of the time when you have a star player, it doesn't get to this point. It's been locked up or determined. Both sides are like, hey, you know what? We need to go our own ways. Well, neither of those things have happened. And so I think what's going on here is Alex Petrangelo wants the people of St. Louis, the fans, and the media outlets to know that he wants to stay in St. Louis. He's willing to bargain. He's willing to take a haircut off of what the market value of him truly is. But he wants them to know that he's the one that's sitting there being receptive to these ideas. And right now, I guess he's trying to paint a picture that the Blues are not on their side, that they've dug their heels in and they're not moving. And that's a negotiation tactic. You know, he's with Newport Sports up in Canada, do a wonderful job. Um, I had them when I broke into the NHL, and they're hardcore. They're like the Scott Boris of the hockey world. Maybe not as cold-hearted as Scott Boris is. But so this is a tactic, letting everybody know, so that the media stay on Petro's side. Because the number one thing that happens, we see with the baseball negotiations, all this stuff, the media turn on the players, right? Oh, rich, spoiled brats. Sure, yeah, yeah. And if you wanted to stay here, you would. Yeah, yeah. and stuff. so now yeah. they're painting a picture of he's a family guy, his wife's from St. Louis, his kids are born in St. Louis, he loves it here, he captained a team, he's got, you know, he bleeds blue, we just want a fair deal. And so how does that make you feel? And Alex, I don't know what your take is on it, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, well, and it's the respect thing more than anything. And we've heard from players say this, Rivs, you've been a player. When you don't respect the guy who won a Stanley Cup for you in terms of giving him a respectable deal, you're going to piss him off. And I think that's to the point we're at right now. Now, I keep the I keep the sense of I still believe because what happened with Steven Stamkos. And I think it's something close because I know Petro's close with Stamkos. And if you remember correctly, Stamkos was a free agent. He looked like the guy that was going to hit free agency. Nobody should have ever let him hit free agency, but Tampa didn't want to pay up the money for a guy who was going to be 30. And it went to the final hour. He hit free agency. Teams called him. And then next thing you know, Tampa said, we got to get this guy locked up. They locked him up to $8.5 million. I think that's going to be something that happens with Petro. I think right now, Doug Armstrong's evaluating this, saying, okay, what do we look like without Petro? And then when you get to that final hour, when you hit free agency, and you're like, okay, we need this guy. Yeah, we can't lose this guy. Now we throw everything at them. Uh, A couple of two, three days ago, I was listening to you guys on 101 ESPN. Very, very, very eye-opening, in my opinion, interview with Chris Pronger. Yeah. Because Chris Chris Pronger, still very beloved in this city, went on to play for Anaheim, Philly, and Edmonton, was yes. it? Okay. And he basically said, 
I'm going to go find my way. I have, and it's not always about the money either. It's I got to go find my way. Look what I did in St. Louis. Maybe I can go do that somewhere else. How cool would that be? And his answers were very kind of hardcore, cold, business-like. Look, you guys, he may love St. Louis, but he also may love another city too that'll give him a couple, two, three million dollars more or a couple more years or whatever the issue might be. Oh, well, you're St. Louis and your kids and he just had another kid, right? Or something to that effect. That doesn't matter to a businessman who is now 30 years old. Yes. And this could be his last contract. Chris Pronger, by the way, really opened my eyes to the fact that it can be a cold, hard business, but you can also still be a good dude. Yeah. And by the way, BK calling him prongs, I had a problem with that. <laughs> you calling him prongs, fine. But the prongs, 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 I was like. He still I, intimidates the hell out of me. I call him Mr. Pronger. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll address that today. And Jeff doesn't ever Please. get bothered. He's bothered. I am very bothered by He's usually just hot and bothered. Yeah. I asked him to take a couple of days off, to be honest with you. Um, so we were real lucky, uh, and we purposely booked Brett Hull uh, a week ago, and then Chris Pronger, two guys that – went through leaving St. Louis as superstars. Prime examples of that. Yes. Exactly. And so they both had similar stories in the fact that things just kind of went south with ownership and management. Uh, and Holly's case, I think the ownership was ready to move on from Brett Hull. Why, I don't that know. totally makes sense from a business standpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, your marketing machine, let's just get rid of that. We know where the right. team went financially after that. But anyways, um, so he went through it, and he was bitter about that. And then Chris Pronger, as well, uh, was not happy. The Lorries, who were owning the team at the time, they were going through a uh, liquidation process, and Chris Pronger was the biggest the biggest handbag of money they could get rid of, and they brought in some young guys. and. Again, not very happy about the situation, but for both of them, it made it easier to move on because they felt like they were done wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so with Petro here right now, I think it's getting to that point. Um, I think there's gamesmanship involved on both sides right now. Heck, they could be talking every other day for all I know. Army could be at coffee right now with Petro, and they're like, hey, we're just going to try and do this thing the right way. Who knows? I doubt that that's happening right now. Um, but I think if it goes any longer, Petro's going to get to the point where he's going to feel disrespected, to your point, Alex, and he's going to look at the path of Brett Hull. He's going to look at the path of Chris Pronger and see that those guys won. You know, Brett won three cups after leaving St. Louis. Prongs won uh, one cup leaving St. Louis. That And he went to the finals. With Philly, twice. Yeah. And Edmonton. Oh, yeah, and Edmonton. Yeah, so so yeah. Philly once, Edmonton once, twice more in total, but... So I think it's headed in that direction, and I just hope it doesn't happen. What what, what are the dollars that we're talking about <clears throat> that were that you guys think the range is here for for Petro? Well, market value for Petro is nine million a year. Okay, that's market value. That's what, what Roman Yossi got from Nashville. Yeah, Roman Yossi's dollar value, and then if you look at all the other number one defensemen on teams, they're all on seven or eight year deals in the NHL. So the the number that Yossi got at nine million. And at a seven or eight year term is kind of where it should be. From what I'm told is that the Blues came in somewhere just north of 7.5 on an average annual value. Uh, and it was at five years. That's the problem in my eyes. And that's that's a big now, problem. Now, me, myself, I wouldn't turn that <laughs> But Petro, no, but that's a Colt, I get it. Like, that's a Colton Pareko deal. He can skate backwards and everything. You know, like, cool. that's a Colton Pareko yeah. deal. Yeah, that's not an Alex point. Petrangelo that's a good deal. Point. But how do you how do you do that, though? Like, like how, because wasn't it uh, that, that cat uh, Mitch Mariner? 
uh, in Toronto. Doesn't that dude make eleven something million dollars a year? Yeah, that's just because Toronto thinks they can throw money at everybody and be fine. Well, Tavares twelve million. I think Austin Matthews thirteen million, yeah. and that's why they've got five guys who occupy all their salaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but how do you how do you justify that, knowing that you could be pissing him off too? I think you look at it and you say, hey, uh, it's our first offer. Uh, maybe don't look at the dollar value, but maybe really consider the term is where we're headed with this. And who's talking? Is it the agent? Great point. I was going to ask, the is there any Armstrong actual... Or is it Alex and, the, and Armstrong? Alex won't be involved until the very end of it because it does get emotional. And the player will get angry because the GM's job and his crew are, to, are, be to, beat, are to beat you down. Yeah. And talk about how... That the the money's tight and maybe they can go without you and you know this player is not the entire team. It's just like it's just like if you go buy a car, right? You're going to find all the flaws in the yeah. car, and the salesman's going to show you all the amazing things. And so uh, Don Meehan will be handling negotiations on Alex's side and just basically saying, "No, no, Doug, let's not be silly here. Now there's only one star defenseman available this year, and it's Alex Petrangelo. In fact, he's the number one rated." unrestricted free agent overall, even higher than Taylor Hall right now. So you see your 7.5 or whatever, yeah, that's probably not going to fly. You know, I, imagine how different the world of a Blues player and a Blues fan and a Blues broadcaster and all this other stuff has changed since they won the Stanley Cup. Because every offseason, we as fans, Donnie and I as fans, look at the number one rated free agent and go, there's no way the Blues can get this guy. There's no way that they can get, you know, fill in the blank Taylor Hall or the guy who went to the Islanders, Tavares, you know, that we all or Alex Petrangelo. Or Alex, th- this is my point. <laughs> it, it's, it feels more in reach just because he already has worn a Blues jersey, but we're in no different of a of a swimming pool here than in the past in off seasons where there's this free agent that the Blues can never reach. Why would I believe they can reach him this year? Here's the part that gets me, just listening to you guys talk about that. Put yourself in Petrangelo's shoes in that conversation. What can the Blues say to my agency to play down my contract? I haven't right, been injured. Yeah, good point, yeah. I won you a Stanley Cup. I play the most minutes for you. I'm the captain. I'm the leader in the locker room. Craig Berube has been outspoken about how he doesn't even have to deal with the locker room because Petro handles that. Like, role play for a minute. There's no Ooh. there's no way an agent can sit. No, not like that, John. No. We can try if you want. But They were both already going that <laughs> I was reaching so, for my cosplay bag. I know. Ribs opened up his mouth. I knew exactly what was going to happen there. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. But there's, there's no scenario. I get to be Harley Quinn. <laughs> Again. Oh, sorry. There's no scenario chat room. in a meeting with an agent, player, and the Blues that you can have a conversation and justify, well, you don't deserve seven million, yeah. seven years. It's like being Albert Pujols' batting coach. <laughs> the only, oh, no, hold it at the other end. See what happens. I don't know. The only thing that they've got, quite honestly, is the age, right? So he's 30. If we give him an But eight. Pronger talked about that, too, all the success he had later on. Listen, I 30s. played with guys. I played with Pronger. I played with Al McInnes. I played with Nick Lidstrom. I played with Chris Chelios. All elite defensemen who had some of their greatest successes after the age of 30. Nick Lidstrom won seven Norris trophies after the age of 30. <laughs> yeah. Chelios was right. playing at 52 or something, wasn't he? Pretty <laughs> Those close. Those guys are anomalies, but I think that Petro is too. You know, per Alex's point of not being injured and being able to play the way he has and produce. And let's be honest, he's turning. he turned 30 this year and he had his highest goals, 16 goals already yeah. this season. So, I mean, this is not going to be a fun one. This A bunch of years ago, I think that I had a very owner's 
perspective on these types of things. You know, and very much the fanboy, oh, you got to stay in St. Louis. Sure. You got to blah, blah, blah. This is just me, and I'm a different human being. I would take a ton of money to try to win somewhere else because I could get both things. I could get a, 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 I could pretty much choose the organization and I could get paid so that my kids, kids, kids are never going to have to worry about it. I think it it boils down to, do I want a statue in St. Louis or maybe have a chance to win another Stanley Cup and maybe being in the Hall of Fame or make it a bunch of money? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And my other question, Jamie, this would be to you because you're a former player. Is, is, are we past the era of a single player like an Alex Petrangelo, not saying he's like this, but are we past the thought of somebody going, oh, wait a minute, man, if I stay in St. Louis and make all this money, we're not going to have a great team around because we'll have to get rid of people. So I'm not going to do that. Or is it I'm in it for the money and that's it? You well, know what I'm saying? Cap, doesn't the cap kind of take Yeah, care the cap kind of kinda dictates that. But I go. this is what I go back to all the time. And people want to throw hand grenades at the Chicago Blackhawks now, right? That's salary cap hell. Salary cap hell. (laughs) And the number one thing I say to anybody who's a Blues fan is they had a decade of Mm -hmm. dominance. I mean dominance and three Stanley Cups for it, and they're going through a little bit of salary cap hell right now. They're coming out of it, though. We saw that uh, post-pause. They're coming out of it. They've got some great young players, and their core guys – the Alex Petrangelos that would be on that team, the Jonathan Tays, the comparables, yeah, yeah. right? Those guys are producing still. Duncan Keith is playing amazing. Patrick Kane, can you even say the guy's name without going, oh, my God, that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys were part of the salary cap hell that was created because we kept these core guys. I think a decade of dominance would be okay for me if I'm Doug Armstrong. For but, sure. But a, couple of, a couple of dark years after a handful of cups. And one more thing I want to get out there, Donnie. Hang on yeah. a second is everybody talks about the players that you'd lose, you know, that you'd have to get rid of because you got to keep Petro. Okay, that was kind of my point. I didn't say okay. it well, but yeah. But think about this, and you've heard me say this before, Alex, is would you trade Tyler Bozak, Jaden Schwartz, and, you know, at this point, Jake Allen just left. Would you trade those guys to acquire an Alex Petrangelo if you could get him it's for eight more years? It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially you're damn right, right you would. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Bozak, you're like, okay, he's at last year of his deal. Jaden Schwartz, last year of his deal. Kind of so-so, not sure. Jake Allen, you know what you got there? Doug Armstrong would make that trade in well, NHL 20, EA Sports. He would make that trade to acquire Alex Petrangelo. So why would you not players. get In essence, What's that's that? what you're doing. Yeah. Look at the players that Chicago lost to keep their dominance. How many of those players made the Blackhawks pay? Like, Dustin Bufflin went on to be an all-star and a great defenseman. Patrick Sharp went into oblivion after that. Um, Andrew Ladd, never really heard of. Saad came back. Anisimov. Like, all of these guys that they had to win a cup and they got rid of, they didn't make. They didn't amount to anything. And they come back and yeah, bite them in the ass or anything. So, yeah. and that's kind of the same with the Blues thing right now. I mean, you might lose some players, but it's not going to be players that affect you that much because you're keeping one player that keeps you in dominance. I, I got. I, I know we got to wrap it up, but I have two legit things that I wanted to ask about uh, that I wrote notes about. Mark Savard leaving the organization uh, to take some time with his family. Uh, the, the, he was in charge of the power play, I believe, last year. That that had. That had really kind of reestablished itself. Can you talk about his loss for the team? Uh, look, I think the power play had a tremendous season. I think it was a combination of things there. I think Mark Savard offered some great perspective from being a player who played on the power play. I do feel that the players had a bigger voice than ever in the power play and what works and what doesn't work, which is really a smart move because those guys are in the pit, right? You, those guys know what's going on. They feel what's going on. They watch just as much video as any coach does. 
Uh, so I thought it was a good partnership like that. One thing you got to realize, and this is why I don't do it, this is why I'm not coaching in the NHL or in the American Hockey League, it's a tremendous commitment time-wise. And I think Mark Savard, he hadn't even coached anywhere even youth hockey, right? Like he'd just come in off of doing some radio and some TV up in Canada, and here you go, bam, yeah, you're going to be at the rink at 7 a.m., and you're probably not going to be done until about 10 p.m., Every night. And if we have a game, probably not till midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. So sleep is gone. Your family's gone. Your life is gone. You live at the rink or you live on your computer. And I still do a lot of that kind of work. And I'm on my computer a ton. And I barely sleep. And I'm not even an official coach for anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's a big eye-opener to a guy who comes in. Heck, Scott Mellenby, back when he became an assistant coach with Ken Hitchcock, the so one thing he said. And that's why he didn't continue doing it. He's like, I can't even imagine how these guys do this. It's an absolute time, like, sucker. You don't have anything else to do in life except coach hockey. And so I think with Mark, that kind of hit him hard, and he's probably going to go back and reevaluate and see, you know, what he really wants Ooh, to do. Maybe I didn't want to do this so much. <laughs> yeah, Because even in the offseason, it's not a whole bunch better, I would imagine. No, in the right? offseason, like right now, if you don't think that the Blues coaching staff are breaking down their own players right now, they're going through individual evaluations. They're looking at things that they can improve on. Um, you know, their percentages as far as their exit time, their transition time, their offensive zone time. They're looking at everything because you have to evaluate with Doug Armstrong, are these guys there to help us win? If they're going to keep, or if we're going to keep these guys, how do we make them better? How do we get them one split second faster to do this, this, that, and the other? So, yeah, your job's never over. And one final thing. I, I was a little surprised in hearing Jaden Schwartz's name come up a few different times. He has been a guy that I have just absolutely loved watching play over the course of the last few years. Seems like he's the kind of guy that does the little things that you need to do to win. So is this not a guy that the Blues are going to go forward with most likely? They'd love to keep him. But but he's going to get priced out, essentially. He's got a year left on his deal, right? Uh So he's going to get priced out. And again, I go back to it is, would you trade Jaden Schwartz for Alex Petrangelo? Yeah. Where of course he, you would. Where is he at as far as a, uh, like a no-trade clause or anything? Do Nothing. You know? He doesn't have anything. You know, no-trade clause. No. So you're looking at a guy who's going to command. A Schwartz on a market is going to be seven, maybe $7.5 million in this market yeah. right now. Well, that's why I'm saying. Do you think that maybe they will trade him before the end of next season then? Uh, if they're going to make a deal for Jaden Schwartz to get the highest return possible would be at draft day. Draft and day. Draft day is now the new deadline yeah, right. for okay. the NHL because – Teams no longer want a month of a guy. They want to acquire a guy with term left on his deal. And a year worth of terms means a team like, heck, let's just talk about the Islanders, right? The Islanders, Lou Lamoureux done a great job there. Could they use a Jaden Schwartz? Yeah, they could for one year. It's perfect. It's mm. a great fit. Yeah. So that's Makes why sense. his value is high right now. I was hoping that after we did this, I'd feel better. I don't feel better. No? No, I don't feel better. I'm worried. But that's how I live as a St. Louis sports fan. I was going to say. Even the day after we We're used to that, Donnie. I'm worried ah, about something. Now. Well, we were talking about earlier of, of would you take 10 years of, of, of the Blues dominating. Not in St. Louis. The Cardinals friggin' won for 20 years. And yeah. the second that they didn't start winning, everybody started bitching. Yeah, the, so, bu- bitch. the Buffalo <laughs> Bills, <laughs> the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. And the next day you're going to be like, yeah, but I'm worried about next year. Right. I really well, am. I'm no, not sure. Man, I will be incoherent if that ever happens. <laughs> I, like, I will be completely out of touch for 24 well, to 40 years. No risk of that anytime soon. <laughs>
Why oh, you got to end the show with that nasty? Man, you said he already man. didn't feel good, man. Chris. Man. What the hell, man? Well, it is that's because minute. nobody texted me actually how I'm doing. It is. Forget it you is, guys. All right, maybe I deserved it. Last <laughs> Minute Blues Podcast. Right Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and then our homies, Alex Ferrario and Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN. Thank you guys very much for uh, for participating today. And as always, tell your friends about the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.